welcome to the We Should Be in the Kitchen podcast, a podcast where my friend Liz and I talk about all of the things we usually talk about at our weekly Sunday lunch. These topics vary from the hilarity of day-to-day life to theology, from how adorable our dogs are to the nuances of faith and life in this interesting cultural moment, all from the perspective of two women working in ministry. We might not get to share a meal with you, but you're always invited to this table. On today's episode, and it's been a while. (laughs) It has been a while. Um, Like a good long while. We're just going to do some life updates. Yeah. And we are going to talk about empathy. Because that has a lot to do with our life updates. It does. (laughs) And the state of our world and our universe. Wow. I don't know. The whole the Mars state, thing has me thinking of the a little like interstellar okay, thing. Are talking about the state of the universe? I mean, tonight? maybe. You, we never know where this is going to go. That's true. But as always, we're glad that you're here to have these conversations with us and pull up the seat. I pulled up my seat. <laughs> Hi, Liz. <laughs> Hi, Sarah. What's up? Not much. This is kind of the, I mean, we've seen each other over the last year. Yeah. But this is kind of the first time we've like sat down and talked and like hung out for a while nope last night that's we not Ma- true we played mario kart, we played mario last, kart night. last night had dinner with your mom <laughs> um and we've actually seen each other multiple times we have i mean yeah but like at work. not the same yeah like this is like not at work at either one of our offices it's true yeah and we've been working on this community service project thing liz and i are co-chairs co-chairs <laughs> yep co-chairs <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why that sounds weird <laughs> We are the heads of committee. No? We're helping to lead. We're, we're leading a group. We, we are leading. There we go. For this, um, it's a day of service. Um, and it's exciting, actually. Yeah. We've both been a part of the committee in the past, and there was a little opening, and so Liz and I decided to go ahead and jump in and... Yeah, because I think we... There was an opening, and neither one of us could do it by ourselves, but we thought if we could split it and do it together... Right. That we could, maybe, we'll try to pull it off. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. <laughs> well, they canceled last year's event. So what right. it is, it's, it's like a, there's a lot of cities that participate. It's called Love Our Cities. Yeah. Um, this is called Love Lodi. That's where we live. Um, Love Our Cities is, is like the parent organization and their whole mission is to um, gather people to do like community service projects, um, of all sorts. So there's like park cleanups. Um, they do stuff for like kids in the foster care system. Yeah. Um, we've done it before here in Lodi. So this isn't like right. the first year we're doing it. And we've done stuff like park stuff. But then we've had, you know, singing in um, in homes. Yeah, like people. in retirement, retirement homes. homes. Well, we've been yeah. doing this thing that I love called Party in a Box. Yeah. And we basically put all of the <laughs> supplies that you would need for a party at retirement home in one box that we send teams. And so like the year I was in charge of it, we did a Hawaiian theme and we did volleyball <laughs> with like a beach ball and a net and yeah. the seniors love it. And, um, you have a lot of like young people that go. So it's a really cool opportunity to, um, serve our town. And especially right now, I feel like, um, there's just been a lot. <laughs> well, and I just think, People in general right now are just looking for ways to get involved. For sure. Just as, as things are slowly opening, especially in our county, like things yeah. are slowly getting back to, I wouldn't say normal, but like, you know, where we can be in, in groups of people. Well, and, people are like getting vaccinated. Like right. Liz, you got vaccinated. I'm almost done. I got one of the doses. I have one more dose to, to go. I have weeks. such bad like vaccination jealousy. <laughs> Yeah, you do. <laughs> so many of my <laughs> friends have been vaccinated now, and I feel like the but odd man us, out. But for us, it was just the luck of a draw. Because we got on, like, a wait list, and yeah. they happened to call us, and we had half an hour to get from, like, Lodi to the County Office of Education, which is a good, like, half-hour drive. Yeah, so we it's had far to leave from here. As far as, like, from the moment they called us, we had to get in the car and just go. So, I mean, it was just... Okay, there's but can, no I, can I ask to a it. personal question? Okay. Like... <laughs> I mean, how do you feel about getting microchipped? <laughs> like, if you get your second shot, like, where's the microchip in the first one or the second one? Or are they two different microchips? You know, I don't worry about the microchip in the vaccine because I have an Apple Watch and an Apple phone that also track everything that I do. So, That's true. We actually program them to track us. Right. Like, I voluntarily keep these things on me. It's true. So. 
I was just wondering if, like, George Soros is talking to you through your microchip. I am not. <laughs> is that the voice I hear? <laughs> I just think the government would be so bored with my life. I know. They'd be like, you order way too much Taco Bell and drink That's way true. too much water. Why are you door dashing again? You should exercise. Like, right. mine would just be extremely judgmental. There's a government worker somewhere who's like, this is the chick I'm monitoring? Like, you what is her life? Yeah. She's on Facebook, like, 12 hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. So I'm yeah. not that worried about the microchip. Yeah, I think by fall, that's when we're going to have our, our event. Um, <laughs> that we swung back to Love Lodi from that whole conversation. <laughs> well, it's called a segue, Liz. Oh, okay. <laughs> let's segue back. Um, <laughs> wait, what's the, let's circle back. Circle Is that back? like the, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're going to circle back to Love Lodi. Um, we're going to have it in the fall. I think that things will be a little more normal. Yeah ish by then so that's exciting also like in the spring you know in a a regular year there's just so many things that happen in the spring especially like we always try to do in april and usually have easter and earth day and all these other celebrations and stuff that happen on the weekends and it's it gets kind of hard yeah so moving into the fall yeah it's a big this is this is what happens when you work at a church (laughs) there are all of these like (laughs) large calendar events that i have to constantly planned for i was ordering communion the other day which order communion we have to order those like individual yeah communion cups which there are so many complications here one <laughs> like last not last time i guess two orders ago i ordered the juice and bread and it's like in a little it's like a handy snack um <laughs> sorry jesus that's not what i meant but sort of um and they sent us wine yeah, the wine ones instead of the grape it juice It says grape juice. We're Baptists. Like, that is not okay. And so I had to have, like, a little, like, parking lot drug deal <laughs> exchange with the Lutherans down the road because they had the grape juice one and we had to have it for communion. Yeah. But, like, I was just ordering communion and I used a 10% off <laughs> promo code, which uh, there are just so many things that feel wrong. I'm like, how do I get the best deal on the Lord? Like, I just don't feel kosher about any of it. Yeah. Um, but they were selling fresh palms, <laughs> like fresh palm leaves for Palm <laughs> Sunday. And I was like, literally, this is so job specific. Like yeah. this, the person ordering that, it's like, oh, I'm in charge of the palms again this year. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but I just looked at it and cracked up so hard. Yeah. Um, Some of those things, like at a normal non-ministry job. Right. It's just, it's weird. And it's like, oh, let me buy this. Let me buy the new palms in bulk. <laughs> <laughs> right. How many palms do we need this Sunday? I yeah. don't know. And then, so we lost a bunch of communion, could not find it. How do you lose communion? I have no idea. It got put in a pantry, which again, it all feels strange. Um, so I ordered more and then it was going to be late. And then I was looking for the other kind that you get from Amazon, but the one on Amazon's gross. Like Yikes. people complained about, about communion, about <laughs> our, our Amazon communion. So we have to buy the nice communion from the nice store and the chalice or whatever. It's, Ooh. I know it's a whole, it's a, it's whole, a whole thing. A whole like separate market that we didn't know existed until a year ago. Well, yeah, you sort of have an idea. Like, I mean, we buy grape juice and bread for communion or we, whatever, but, right, but you can just everything's go to online. Costco and buy it or wherever you get it, you know? Well, it's just Welch's. Right. But this is like Fancy. true vine, <laughs> which again, it's probably still Welch's. There's so many things. Just rebranded. We were, um... With your mom last night talking about, yeah. like, Christian bookstores. Yeah. And how, like, that's not... I mean, I think they still exist. Yeah, there's one that does. I want to say it's, like, Family Christian. No, Family Christian's gone. Oh, really? We had a local one that your brother worked at. Yeah. Um, Vine and Branches. Yes. And it closed because there's just so much competition. Right. Like, you can just buy everything from Amazon, so why would you? Yeah. You know, and that's really hard because... But David learned some great things there. He can wrap a gift. Yeah, David's your brother. David's my brother. He can wrap a gift really well and put yeah. a bow on it. And, like... Did he engrave his hand with... There's something that he the did The Bible with it. engraver? Like, yeah, it had someone else's name and it, like, <laughs> got on his hand. Is that the Mark of the Beast? Speaking of chips. <laughs> Microchips. <laughs> um, Do you know that I've never had a Bible with my name inscribed on you it? You said that... Last night, and I think my mom, like, ordered you one. No, she did not. 
Mom, order her one. Do not order me one. But somebody was like, what? You're not a real Christian. And I was like, oh, that's probably true. But not because of the engraved name. I have one with my name on it. All the really righteous kids growing up did. I got it when I graduated from eighth grade. I didn't have Christian parents. I got it from the school. I went to a Christian school in seventh and eighth grade. I was not white and privileged like you. I mean, I was white, just not privileged. (laughs) No, there's so much of that, like, little cultural stuff. Although, I did see a meme when um, Biden was sworn in. They said in 30 years, like, the Bible that we're going to be sworn in on. And it was, like, the teen study Bible. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I just died. I saw that, too. Christian culture is just a complete trip. Yeah. And I feel like this last year has really brought out so much of that because it's just I we just have to make fun of ourselves part of it part of like what came out in the last year I just thought to myself how can anyone keep up with all of this like oh I know like I just can't like I don't I mean I don't watch a whole lot of news anyway but I just even just like the tidbits that I was getting on like Facebook or whatever I was like I can't even follow it I don't even know what you're talking about and I'm not even that interested in it you're such a boomer (laughs) (laughs) I know but for me, it's part of my job. Yeah. And so I have to, like, know all the, like, cultural things happening because I run social media. And so you have to post the right things and you have to yeah. find content. And it got, and it got complicated. Oh, my goodness. Last year. Yeah. They're just, I mean, normally you have a lot of things to work with. So if you run social media for a church, there are, especially, like, I work at a church of about a thousand people. And so there's always an event or study or a something yeah. And we just had nothing. And then we didn't have services in person, so we didn't have photos. And so I was like, I posted, this is just the sign of the times. And at the time, it was so funny. And now in hindsight, it's just so hokey. But it was like, today's bring your pet to church day. But it was like a day we were having all services online. And people <laughs> were like, oh my gosh, haha. And they like posted pictures of their pets. But I was desperate for anything. I still sort of feel that. We're back in person now, yeah. having social distance, wearing masks, the whole deal. Um, but <laughs> it just was slim pickings for a really long time. And I think I went from working like a regular <laughs> schedule to craziness trying to get everything moved. Um, yeah. We talked about this, I think, when it first happened. But now we're doing in-person services and online services. So there's just so much. Yeah. Um, it becomes a lot. Yeah, there's a lot to chuckle. And I mean, and... I'm part of a little church plant here in town, and I mean, we have like one cam. We stream stuff live, and we right. have, we're a one camera deal. Like, <clears throat> and we don't pretend to be more than that. It's like right. I run the social media, and it's not that good. Are you saying that it's not elevation? <laughs> I'm, I'm saying we are doing our best, and it works for the the group yes. that we have. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we're not trying to be. We're not trying to be something that we're clearly not. Right. You know. Well, um, I think that churches get trapped in that. They see these like mega churches with these huge paid production teams and thousands and thousands yeah. and thousands of dollars in equipment and these things. And they try to replicate that. And then their productions end up looking terrible because they really don't have what it takes <laughs> to make that. We finally got our sound sounding good. <laughs> it's taken us a while. But sound we, is hard, though. Yeah. I mean, it took... We, and we were also using one mic for everybody. Yeah. And then we tried to branch out. And then it just took us a couple of weeks to kind of mm-hmm. dial it in. But it was finally this last week. Like, oh, <laughs> it right. sounds good. You know. I think there's something to be said. You know, there are always going to be people who want the Elevation Church or the whatever, the popular churches that day. But it's also okay to just be yourself. Yeah. And that's one thing that I hope um, through all of this that churches are learning is that you have your own demographic, your own people, your own culture. Yeah. Um, and if you try to be something else, you're competing with somebody you can't necessarily compete with. Right. And who you don't want to and, compete with. And who said it was a competition anyway? Right. <laughs> like, but who's making it a competition? If you've worked at a church, you know it is. Right. Like, right. just like back in the day, it was like, we have to beat the Methodist to UJs. You know, this is a <laughs> small town, small town. <laughs> We're not even that small, but it it feels small when you say things like that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. We had such a good conversation with your mom last night. Yeah. And I keep thinking about it today 
but we were talking about you really should have her on again i sometime i know but i don't think that she wants to be on <laughs> but i think if she was on she would be happy Terrific. yeah um but i've been thinking about and talking about empathy so much um part of it is i've been working on this book um about childhood trauma and one of the things that really helped me were having people in my life who not just believed me when I told them like what was going on at home or like with my childhood, but who maybe didn't share those experiences, but were still able to at least attempt to understand why, um, like I would cry a lot. Like, like you know, I had teachers. I would I would go to school, and I I'm an enneagram too, so we just cry all the time anyway. It's um, <laughs> true. We were watching Hamilton for about ten minutes, and you're like, I'm getting teary. I know. I was like, it's the middle of the show. Like, it's not even a sad part. Okay, but then there was like Dear Theodosia, and like that's a whole thing. It's it's complicated. Emotions are complicated over here. Um, but or I would like. Like, there would be a parent day at school or a parent day at church. Because I started going to church when I was about 11. And everyone's parents would come but mine. And it would just make me feel terrible. And instead of adults being like, oh, it's fine. Like, having a few adults who really asked me questions. Like, why do you feel that way? And, and tried to really understand me. That was so important. And it's still important. I think that we know that just because we don't understand exactly what someone's going through doesn't mean that we shouldn't attempt to understand. And I think that this is something that we just have struggled with a lot. Um, you know, we, we don't want to make our podcast about COVID right? because that's like the elephant in every room right now. And it, it gets exhausting, but there is an element of how many times have I heard people make comments about like COVID as if it's not a big deal when, I mean, I personally know several people who have lost family members. Mm-hmm. Because it, something doesn't happen to you doesn't mean that it's not happening. And just because yeah. something doesn't happen to you doesn't mean that it's not important to someone else. Yeah. And I think um, part of that is until someone close to you kind of experiences that. Which is, I don't think that should be the only reason you should empathize with someone. Right. Oh, because someone I know does. But it... It kind of changes the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this. I'm sure we talked about this in our last episode. What was it? July. Um, my brother had COVID. Yeah. Um, and he got it. No, he didn't have COVID till August. So we probably didn't talk about this. No, he got it in July. Oh, did he? Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> like early July. <laughs> I just know because my cousin got married. In oh, right, July right. And he got right, right. Um, and uh, we were all like wearing our masks and doing stuff. But it's not that we didn't take it seriously, but we just didn't know anyone. And then as soon as... Um, David got it. All of a sudden, it kind of yeah. it switched in all of us that, oh, it's a thing. It's real. Well, he didn't it's, just get it. No, he got really sick. Yeah. Like, really, really sick. And he's healthy and young. Yeah. Um, so, all of a sudden, it, ju- it did just change change our perspective a little bit more. Like, yeah. it, it maybe, like, fine-tuned it a little bit, you know? Totally. And I think that that's normal. It's yeah. sort of like, you know, I have empathy for people who have cancer like if someone has leukemia but I'm not gonna do like organize a whole walk or a fundraiser or any of that probably unless it's somebody that I love who has had that experience I might support them in other ways I might whatever and so I think that there's a part of that that is normal but I think the abnormal part is when if it doesn't affect us it doesn't matter Hmm. or it's a scam or it's a hoax or it's a you know, nothing's real until we've had these personal experiences. And I think maybe this is just the culture that's closest to me. Um, and I don't want to be too hard on like evangelicals, but there definitely is um intersection between <laughs> being an evangelical and being suspicious about things like COVID, COVID deaths, thinking that the government is um, whatever. And here's the thing, maybe so. Maybe some of the numbers are inflated or maybe, but I also have personal experience, um, with yeah. friends who have lost grandparents. Um, someone from our church is young and yeah. was in the ICU for a whole week, like wasn't sure how things were going to go. Um, 
yeah, I just, I just really have felt so much conviction and that's just the COVID part. Right. You know, there's so many things in life that I feel like instead of asking questions. So a friend of mine had an experience yesterday where there, there's a popular family counselor who does like speaking engagements and stuff. And he had shared a meme that was weird. It was, it was a joke, but it was weird. It was weird. Yeah. And his friend was like, Hey, like, you know, maybe somebody who has experienced sexual abuse of some kind, like it feels creepy. Like that, that was like, I don't know why it just doesn't feel right. And the response now, this is a a person whose platform is primarily evangelical, um, or just Christian. But the response was, you're a snowflake, you need to suck it up, deal with your stuff, get a sense of humor. And her response to the meme Mm -hmm. wasn't, you know, take it down, blah, blah, blah. It was, her response was in kindness to say, oh, here's just maybe something else to think about. Right. Not not meaning to pick a fight, not meaning to do anything. But it was like, ooh, she was thrown under the bus. And then the person who, like, the the speaker, or the, the guy whose page it is, wrote her and was basically like, well, then, if you're going to criticize everything and want me to do that, then you should just get off this page. Like, like just this harshness. Yeah. You know, and, and I know that people love to throw the term, like, political correctness around. But what about biblically, like, biblical yeah. correctness? I think that we've confused yeah. those things We interchange lot. them like they're, like they're the same, same side of a coin. Yeah, same okay. side of a different, or different side of the same coin. No. That they're the same thing. We think that they're the same thing. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> um, we, we just, we think that they're the same thing and we can just use either one interchangeably and that it won't change the, the definition of whatever right. we're trying to do, you know, where there is a, there is a difference between being politically correct and biblically correct. Right. But sometimes there's not. Sometimes it sounds politically correct, but it's really just being Christ-like. Yeah. You know, and someone had posted like, um well, Jesus offended people all the time. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, And so I think a lot of it just stems from poor theology. Like there yeah. is a poor theology. People are not very biblically literate. Um, of, I mean, of the people that Jesus offended were usually the people who thought they knew all the answers anyway. <laughs> right. It wasn't. They were, they were the teachers. They were the ones who misconstrued everything, you know, and those are the people who got offended. Well, it wasn't somebody suggesting that maybe something might hit differently for someone who is sexually abused. Like, right. like that, Jesus' attitude would not have been, we'll, well suck it up, like, don't... <laughs> well, and I think that's also just our, you know, the lens that I've just taken through all the political stuff, through, through a lot of things lately has been, you know, Jesus wouldn't have taken, his stance wouldn't have been left or right. It wouldn't have been right. this or that. There would have been a much greater conversation than than it, you know, this or that kind of thing. It would right. have been, well, what's at the heart of this? What are we really getting at? You know, um, it's never, he, it would never would have been, this is it. And, and that, and that's the end of the conversation. There would have been a greater conversation going on. Well, I mean, if you look at any of Jesus's teaching, it was all just rooted in so much nuance, Yeah, you know, and, and not that there isn't, I, I know that we're going to hear like, well, there's absolute truth and there's, that's not saying that there isn't. But that is saying, like, like absolute truth has to be applied in a way that meets the needs of the nuance. Well, like, <laughs> absolute truth spoken without love doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, speak the truth in love. That doesn't mean we take away the truth and we only give the love part. But that doesn't mean we can only speak the truth. 100%. And throw that in someone's face. There's always... I mean, I just did a, a teaching on the woman at the well in John yeah. chapter 4. And she comes, you know, with all her stuff. You know, she's had five husbands, and she's living with another guy now. And Jesus never says, oh, it's okay. You know, that's okay that that's... But he never threw it back in her face either. He said, you're wanting something... Like, it's clear that you want something different. You know, in all your life you've been excluded, but the Messiah is not going to exclude you. Right. Your story matters. Right. You know, and because of her and all the things that she had done, you know, she goes back into town where his disciples just were and nothing changed when the disciples were there. And here's this lady goes back into town and probably for the first time in her life, doesn't change her story, doesn't hide what she's done. And she says, there's this guy who knows everything I've ever done. 
including, you know, that includes these things. And the whole town comes out to Jesus because all of a sudden it changed, you know? Well, then it brings us back to the, like, what's the point of shame? One, one thing that I think a lot of people have experienced, especially I'm, I'm part of a few groups of people who have done like some real deconstruction of their faith. And I'm one of those who I think have gone through, we talked about this not that long ago, but like going through periods of deconstruction. Yeah. I'm not always like in the state of deconstruction, but it's like, as things come up, then I start to ask all the questions. Yeah. But if we really believe that the way of Christ is the right way, the most beautiful way to live, et cetera, et cetera, why would we have to try to force somebody to live in a specific way? I think sometimes when we use shame in order to try to control someone's behavior, we're really saying something about our own lack of faith or what we believe about grace. Um, If it's all about behavior control, then it's really not that beautiful, is it? And so is it really about inviting people into a better story? Or is it about controlling someone's behavior so they fit into this box that you want them to fit into and I think that that goes back to empathy because we often don't know why people behave in ways that they behave and it's easy from the outside to call balls and strikes and say the reason this person does this is because they're this yeah without ever having to do any work we just make assumptions and we project those assumptions onto people and have no clue as to why um, they might be hurting. Or someone's hurting and we go, well, you just need to. Maybe they don't. Yeah. Maybe you actually don't know. And maybe instead of calling judgment, we should ask more questions. I, I just think that through the last several years, I've seen that we've... And maybe we never had it. But I feel like we've lost this sense of like compassionate curiosity Hmm. like there's a there's a curiosity that's rooted in something really beautiful and good but we're either nosy because we want the information or we just don't engage at all and we decide that that person has this experience because of this and if this would just happen yeah people don't know what goes on in the lives of other people when we just don't take the time to want to know either that's true. You know, we try, we use the stuff that they post on social and make an assumption, like you said. Like, right. well, this must be how it is. We don't really take the time anymore to get to know people. And part of that is, you know, for myself, I'm a fairly guarded person. I don't, you know, I keep things really private. There, yeah. there are people in my circle who know all the things, and I keep that circle pretty tight. Um, Same. But there are things that if someone really wanted to get to know me, there are things I would definitely... There's things that are in the shareable yeah. realm of me, like that I will share. Um, I maybe won't share it like on a podcast, but I would share it over with someone over lunch or right. whatever. you know. But I think we don't take the time. And also, I think people like myself have been burned by that a lot. Oh, and so 100%. we guard ourselves. you know. Yeah. Um, and so until someone really shows a true interest in getting to know us, not for the gossip and not Mm -hmm. for to figure something out that they've been wondering, but to really get to know us, um, I'm going to kind of keep you at arm's length. But as soon as you you start to really show that you want to get to know me, I'll let you in, you know? I think I have that experience as well. I am honest about some things. Um, you know, I've been pretty honest about childhood stuff because I felt very much like I want God to redeem this part of my life. And part of that redemption is in sharing the story because there are other people who share that experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Even I was talking to a friend about Mother's Day the other day and how like Mother's Day is a really difficult day for so many people. But because they're moms, we don't talk about... So like if you go to a Father's Day like church service, what's one of the things you'll for sure hear in the service if you don't have a dad, if your dad has been, if your dad left, if you blah, 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 you have this heavenly father that loves you. There are no disclaimers on Mother's Day. Mothers are always framed in this way. They are giving, they are nurturing, they are um, wonderful. Many of us have not had that experience, but in those moments where that's never acknowledged, especially when it's acknowledged on the other side, 
it's so painful because it makes you feel like you're completely alone in that. And so I've been really purposeful in sharing that (laughs) my story with my own mother has not been um, that. And a lot of people have um, situations with their own moms that are extremely difficult. Not to say that people who have those experiences with their dads or, I mean, family trauma is (laughs) extremely difficult no matter what it is. Um, So that's opened the door sometimes for people to ask questions. And maybe, like, I have to be careful I don't judge other people because sometimes people ask questions that are maybe not the most appropriate and I do have to set boundaries. But I sort of open that door for them. And so I take that, like, I try to take that as an opportunity to, like, guide those conversations a little bit better. Like, you know, people will say things because their experiences are their experiences. But how many times have I heard, oh my gosh, I, I couldn't imagine not having a relationship with my mom. Like, that's crazy. How can you not have a relationship with your mom? Right. And I always have to like step back out of my own emotions because for me, it's like, do you think that that's what I want? Like, right. of course I don't want that. Like, of course I would love to have a relationship with a loving, caring, nurturing mother. I did not have that experience. Our moms are not the same. I'm not not having a relationship with your mom who was great and raised you and took care of you growing up and loves you. I made distance from my mom who was emotionally and physically abusive, who was not there for me, was not nurturing. But instead of asking questions, like, I mean, you could even say, like, gosh, it's really hard for me to understand what you're going through because I have such a close relationship with my mom. Like, like what made you finally decide that you couldn't have a relationship with her? Right. That's empathy. Like, like that's instead of you saying, gosh, I could never, I could never have done what you did. No, actually you could have, if you were in my shoes in my situation, you a hundred percent would have considered it at least. Um, but again, we don't know how to address those things. And then I have things that I don't tell anybody about. I have things I've never told anybody about. I have things that, like you, you're part of that circle. Like, yeah. I only tell people yeah. who are extremely close to me. But I'm also introverted, but, <laughs> I'm, but I'm talkative. And so... <laughs> That's the difference. Like, we're both introverted. But right. you're way more talkative than so I am. So much more. <laughs> um, but you get me talking about something that I love... And then I'm super That's talkative. true. Eight is baseball. Baseball. Sushi. Sushi. Um, Nessie. Yes, Nessie. <laughs> um, but, kids I mean, at work. Yeah. Yeah, we all have things that, that are sort of, like, we're passionate about and we'll share freely. But, like, I just think that we can be safety to people. Yeah. But we don't go into it that way. We go into it wanting information or more information so we can make judgments about things or again like we keep saying you know because that didn't affect me it's not a big deal mm-hmm. it is a big deal like we're all walking around with stories every single every single person is walking around with something yeah. that we don't understand and maybe we don't get to understand like maybe maybe um like I know that we talked about this I talked about the introduction to joy from Rob Bell <laughs> So much. We talked about the last it. podcast, right? Because we love it. But what's that part that he talked about? About the inner circle? He was saying that, know. like, when you're a pastor, that you're invited into these incredibly intimate moments with people. Like, at their worst or their best. Like, yeah. new babies being born, closest relatives dying. And how it's this sacred space. Like, it is a sacred thing to be a part of somebody's most intimate private, hard moments. Um, But not every moment is like that. Some moments are hard and they're not tragic. They're just difficult. That doesn't mean that you get to be in the inner circle of every single thing. But you can still be compassionately curious about things that are happening and allow people their own autonomy to Mm -hmm. share. Because maybe in that moment, they won't share it with you. Because maybe it's still raw, maybe it's still yep. hard, but maybe a few years down the line, it is something that they could share with you. And that's not something that we can put a timestamp on. You know, right. that's something that, you know, they're doing work in themselves and the Holy Spirit's working with them. And when that time is right, when we can't push it, but it might happen. But I, one of the things that my friend um, who lives up in Portland said to me uh, when I was living in Mexico, she said... 
there's gonna you're gonna have a lot of questions and one day you'll have to be okay with not getting those answers mm-hmm. and we were talking about you know something um that had happened and I still think about that with different with different things that are going on like yeah you know if I see something with an acquaintance of mine you know like ooh, I kind of want to ask this question but I just know that I shouldn't like you know one day I won't get the, I'm not going to get those answers but maybe I will but I have to be okay not I think that's such a good point. I think there's also, like, is your character safe? Yeah. Are you an actual safe person for somebody to confide in? Like, one thing I think about sharing so openly about, like, my childhood is that it disarms other people. Like, you know some incredibly intimate things about my life now. Like, like some things that deeply affect me now as an adult. Um... So the, the playing field becomes a little even. Um, I think that sometimes someone has to go first. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that's me, again, because of the proximity to, um, to what I'm trying to accomplish in sharing things. And so people hear these like hard, intimate things about my, <laughs> my life, and that gives them some permission to share their hard things. Mm-hmm. Because I think that they know at that moment, like, I mean, you have something on me as much as, as anyone. And even though that shouldn't be the attitude we take, I think that there is a bit of that. You know, I think that in churches, people are afraid of sharing because they hear things I've heard. Um, when I first started taking medicine for anxiety, I was in a church service and someone, like we were all supposed to like, like grab a partner and pray. And I was like, if you could just pray, like I started this new medication and I'm, you know, feeling a little anxious about it. It was just like a, when I'm anxious medication too, like it wasn't like a, and not that I also recently started taking daily medication. I have no like shame about that. Um, but the reaction was so like, Oh my gosh, well you shouldn't be taking that. Like you just need to, it was literally like the, the, the manual of what you should not say to somebody (laughs) who is taking medication for like a mental health thing. It was, you shouldn't be taking that. That's not of the Lord. Like, like all the things. You need more faith. Right. And here's the thing. I can take it. Yeah. When someone says something like that to me, I'm, I've done my homework. I'm in relationship with a lot of people who take medication for uh, mental health things. I've had this experience with anxiety and panic and stuff for a long time. And so I am okay and I'm not going to walk away from the faith and I'm not going to not ever talk about it and whatever because I had one unsafe situation with somebody yeah but somebody is but somebody that's the first time they're going to say something to someone and they're never going to talk about it again and they're going to feel shame about it and maybe they won't take the medication anymore because now they think it's not of god or they don't have enough faith or all of the things the way we engage with the pain or situations of other people actually has an impact like it actually has an impact on on how people respond like do you want somebody to leave your presence feeling like you are an unsafe person or that they like or with any kind of shame no I mean I think that there are people who would say well if you know the truth is the truth then I just told them whatever but if you didn't do it in love (laughs) or from even in a place of understanding right like did you ask any questions I was not asked one question I said I'm taking this medication for anxiety I had had panic attacks every single day for a year, every day, like would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes with just feeling like I was going to die. And I would have to go into my backyard at like three o'clock in the morning and sit because it's the only way, like way that I felt like I could breathe was being outside. None of that. Like, and I would have shared if she'd asked me like what was going on, I would have said, this is why. I tell people all the time, like, Jesus met me in the office that day because I did not want to get help for it because my mom has mental health issues and the stigma there for me was that I was going to end up being like her and she was so abusive and terrible to me. And so I just thought, oh no, I'm becoming somebody who has deeply injured me. And so there was a lot going on here. It was a year and finally I was convinced, like, you need to go to the doctor and figure this out because I finally had said, like, if I'm going to feel like this every day, then I wish I would just die. That's not something that, that someone who's not deeply struggling says. Right. And that's not how I generally, that's not my demeanor. Um, 
but I changed so much over that year of dealing with anxiety that I was not myself. Yeah. But that person who said those things to me had no knowledge of that. Just their own small idea of what it might be like to deal with anxiety and what the faith surrounding that might look like. Yeah. So as a group of people, we should work on being empathetic. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the story. (laughs) Ask more questions. Yeah. But, and, and you can do it without being intrusive, but then there's the other side of that. If someone asks you something and they're being genuine about it, you don't have to share anything. You have autonomy over your own story. But getting defensive isn't helpful. Like, it's okay to say, I'm not ready to have that conversation, or this is really difficult for me to talk about, or I'm not really talking about this yet, but, you know, when I decide, then can I call you? Right. Um, But we also have to be willing to give a little bit of information in order for people to learn how to empathize. Yeah. With our situations. Yep. Yep. Well, this was the not heavy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we accomplished not only talking about COVID. I mean, that was like our one goal was like, we don't want it to be COVID. You know what else I accomplished? Huh? Okay. So I don't normally drink soda, (laughs) but we got pizza tonight. you did today. I got an orange Fanta. I like orange soda so much. This is a little sweet for me. Um, I like orange soda. I don't know why. It's just so good, but it sounded so delicious. You know what else I like? Everyone tell you I like squirt. It's like the grapefruit I flavor I love soda. squirt. It's really okay, whatever good. happened to... Is it called Fresca? Yeah. I I don't know what happened, but I used to drink it all the time. I mean, I, I do drink some, like, La- LaCroix and whatever, but this is so bubbly. So I had to shake it up and get some of the bubbles out, <laughs> but I was so terrified. Like, I've been, like, trying not to burp on the <laughs> podcast. Accomplished. I accomplished the not burping. That's it's because I had to... Sh- you. Woo! It's good. <laughs> so many things have happened here today. They have. This is just how our conversations go, though. It is. We get into these extremely deep, intense dialogues about things, and then it's like, oh, hey, our sushi's here. <laughs> yeah. Yum. Oh my gosh, we <laughs> well, need to watch also, Hamilton. We were trying to record this, but then my neighbor who was washing his car started playing Michael Jackson really, really loud. It's true. And so then we were like, okay, well, let's start now. But then you saw on your phone that the delivery person was going to be here. And they had walked up the stairs. Like, <laughs> okay, well, let's wait till after we And eat. they knocked. Like, she knocked a... And scared me. Like, it like was a loud. legit... I, I know. Like, oh. I thought it was the police. You never know in Liz's neighborhood. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of that, <laughs> the, other, the other day I was home. And um, I live above the parking lot in my apartment complex. Like the balconies. I know. I'm here. Um, and the kids were downstairs, and they had um, were playing with, like, a kickball. And they kicked it, and it landed on my balcony. So And I saw it. And so I went out there and was talking to them, not realizing that, like, two other kids had run to, like, walk up my stairs to ask me for it back. Oh, yeah. And they were, like, hitting my door going, FBI, open up. <laughs> and I didn't notice it. And then they came back down. and like, Liz, we were just knocking on your door. And I was like, oh, I was out here. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're like, we were yelling that the FBI was there and your neighbor came out. And I was like, oh great, you scared my neighbors. Awesome. (laughs) You know what else happened on your balcony recently? (laughs) So Liz is in school to be a preschool teacher. This is my favorite thing. One, you're for sure going to a school that's like not a real school. (laughs) It is though. No. I so Liz is taking these on these online classes. (laughs) Today her professor spelled assess as asses. So I'm sorry. I don't. I don't think that she's a real professor. Um, and Liz's like projects that she has to work so hard on on the weekend. She's like, oh, I had to make a sundial out of a dinosaur tracing. And I'm like, what is happening right now? I don't think that this is a real thing. Okay. So the funny thing about that project. So I, I was. I had to quarantine for two weeks because of a COVID exposure thing. So I was like, well, this is perfect because when am I ever home for a chunk of time to be able to do like a sundial with a dinosaur? <laughs> I mean, whatever. Yeah, just like normal so people think. When, I, when do I ever have the time to do this? A dino dial. Anyway, oh, gosh. so I set up the camera and it was recording, recording, recording. And of course, at the last like five minutes, my neighbors come outside and start dribbling a basketball on the balcony, which isn't a big deal, except that it shakes the balcony and then one of them took 
they were working out outside, so he took his shirt off, and it's, like, in the video. So I was like, well, now i got to redo this one. But it's not a real school, so that's probably extra credit. <laughs> but it is a real school. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so then I had to redo it, and I was like pointing it the other way and then the wind knocked the dinosaur over but I just I know because you're like texting me you're like dang it the neighbor's bouncing a ball and now I have to redo my dinosaur project I'm like how old are you how old are you that's not a preschool preschool teacher project that's a preschool project (laughs) it's okay it's okay I will um forever make fun of you for this that's fine it's hilarious it is I just like to ask this the situation and <laughs> make judgment calls as, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> It's like Nessie laughing. It makes me laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, my gosh, Nessie. So, I made a cake today. Yeah, you did. <laughs> okay. You did. I decided I was going to make this cake because I was house-sitting for David and Michelle, which really meant babysitting Michelle's Animal Crossing <laughs> yeah. characters. She has me do that when you don't stay there. She's like, can you go and play Animal Crossing for me and get me the feathers? I don't play Animal Crossing. I don't know what that means. I yeah. did it. Um, I sold turnips for her. And I think, didn't you get like, you had to get some special something or other for her. It was like I had to catch all of these feathers because <laughs> it was some carnival on her imaginary oh, that's island. Right. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> they're peacock feathers. What? Oh, yeah, she made the golden peacock. I mean, I play Animal Crossing. Not as much as she does. I introduced Michelle to Animal Crossing. I was like, this really helps my anxiety when I'm feeling anxious about work. I go and work on this imaginary farm for hours doing more work. Um, She's way more into it. Like, she came and visited my village last week. And I know, it's a whole thing. Um, I'm giving them the side eye just so everyone on the podcast world knows. Like, I'm judging her real bad right now. <laughs> Whatever, miss. I need to beat all the levels of Mario Kart so I can get the gold Mario. Okay, Mario Kart's a real thing. <laughs> Is it? Is it a real thing? Because I'm not really sh- convinced of that. Um, anyway. But, like, she came and I didn't think anything of it. But then when I sold her turnips... Her village is, like, beautiful. There are all these rare flowers everywhere. I have a house. I'm embarrassed. Village. Like, I'm, like, a, I'm like the hoarder house of okay. Animal Crossing now. <laughs> like, it is not okay. So, I was just really embarrassed by doing that. Anyway, all of that to say. You I, baked a cake. I was like, I'm going to bake a cake for them for when they come home. Nessie loves cake. She does. So, I decided I was going to do a white cake with a pink middle and do some sprinkles in it. Well, the sprinkles didn't have a little sprinkle top on it. So it was just like an open container. So you just dumped it. was it. like a cup of sprinkles. Like, <laughs> so I was already like, oh, this is not. I used three cans of frosting. It was delicious. <laughs> but the look on Nessie's face, she was so happy eating this <laughs> she, cake. It she was looked, like, I have cake. And she like walked around and showed us all. And I know. Ate it. Ate a lot of it. it she had it in her hair. She like, she, what she couldn't get on the fork, she was eating with her hand. She had her fork. But then she was like putting cake in. With her hand in her mouth, but then she used the fork in her hair, in her not hair. realizing. A little, little mermaid thing happening here. She loves she was, Ariel. Well, she was wearing a mermaid costume with the fork in her hair. It just felt... She loves it Ariel. It felt right. It felt right. <laughs> so sometimes when I'm there, I help her in bath time, because she's still little. And she has these two mermaids that are like pool toys. Like, mm-hmm. they sink to the bottom, but they use them in the tub. And one of them doesn't have an arm. And I was Didn't like, she okay. pull the arm off? I did not. But then she goes is will you pull the other arm off and I was like are you sure she goes yeah I don't that one doesn't need arms and so I, t- I took it off I like ripped it off and she was like oh it's so much better now so she's an armless mermaid in the tub with okay, her but she's sort of a like little psycho it's okay we love her <laughs> but Dave she's dark like, what happened to the other arm and I was like she had me take it off that's really anyway really creepy so, uh, like okay it. so one other thing we should talk about Okay. We've talked about a lot of things. How long have we been going? Oh. 49 minutes. We're doing good. We're normally about an hour. Okay. Um, we're going to start having guests on the podcast. Yeah, we are. I'm so excited. Yeah. So we have a few people who are lined up. Um, coming up, we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about domestic violence things with a friend um, who does that sort of work. I think we might have a bigger special guest, but we are not going to announce that yet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, and we also have just some um, of our friends who are coming on. Today. Yeah. So. To have conversations like this about random things that animal, only matter to us. Animal Crossing. <laughs> Mario okay. Kart. Animal Crossing is a cultural revolution that you're just not a part of, and I'm sorry. Is it? it is. Is it? 
Yes. Okay. Do you know what my village name is? No. Quarantina. Because <laughs> I got it, like, as. Like, I remember you got it, and then almost immediately Michelle went and bought it. Because I told her she needed to buy it. I played it a few times. And then her times. mom got it. Nessie and I How are we back fish. on this? We're going to talk about... Guests. Guests on the podcast. Yeah. So, if you have something interesting that you think we would like to talk about on the podcast, you should email us at in the kitchen podcast. Is that right? I don't know. At gmail.com. Sounds right. Or you can text me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no, I can't, give, I can't give my number out anymore. There have been situations. Yeah. I told you. I feel like we could go back and me going, I said something like, this is a bad idea. Don't give your phone number. Yeah, it was a bad idea. And you still did it. There have Multiple been, times. There have been situations. <laughs> Multiple times you've done it. I'm sorry that I'm such a trusting person. It's not true. <laughs> it's, not, it's not true. It's not true. But I do like the idea of people having some sort of... Yeah, you can email us or we're kind of easy to find on Instagram. Yeah, I'm at Sarahbethy, S-A-R-A-H-Y-B-E-T-H-Y on Twitter. Liz had a Twitter that she deleted because she's lame. Yeah. <laughs> she agrees. <laughs> I'm lame because I play Animal Crossing. Liz is lame because she was like, Twitter's dumb. And deleted it it's after It's just a like week. one more thing to check. I just don't like to do it. <laughs> That's fine. That is your prerogative. There it is. Anyway. But I mean, we're both on Facebook. We're both on Instagram. You can find us. I think my Instagram's locked. And I think my Facebook is locked. Well, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Okay, but do people know what your name is or how to find Liz. you? Liz. Okay, just Google Liz and <laughs> it'll take you right to her Instagram and her Facebook. Or you can, on, we have a, the podcast yes, has a we have the thing. In the Kitchen Podcast Facebook. But that's not what you were talking about, so I'm going to keep making fun of you. Anyway, all that to say, it's good to be back and talk. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> you did not see that. I did. <laughs> That is an inside joke, <laughs> and if you email me, I'll tell you why, and I'll send you the video. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is getting out of control. Are we going to go?